everybody, and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we are talking about WandaVision once again. That's right, everybody. It is Friday. So happy Friday to all of you out there, and hopefully you're in as great a mood as I am after watching this episode. Uh, This was an awesome, awesome episode, and uh, I haven't decided yet if I like it more or less than the last episode. All I know is that anytime a witchy uh, uh, power, I guess you could say, is floating around in the air, like how, you know, when Agatha's got her purple mist and uh, Wanda has her red mist, I love seeing that. And we got a ton of that in this episode. So without spoiling anything else, we will dive right into this again. If you have not seen this episode, uh, go check it out on Disney+. Plus. This, I think, is now the longest episode of WandaVision. But it uh, it's available now, and it's called, um, I think, it was Previously On. And it is essentially the episode that we all thought was coming. And that is the flashback episode, but it is it is told in such a good way and in such a unique way to that that I, I forgive it of that. And but again, because we expected that, we were waiting for this episode of okay, things need to be explained, right? Like we've got two episodes left of this show, and there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. And it, it wasn't just current questions; it was questions about Wanda's past, and we get that answer in this episode. So it's funny. Um, I, and I've only watched the episode once, but that, that there's not as much in this one. I, I guess there is a lot, but there's not as much as the last few episodes where it's like, oh, I gotta watch it a couple times to get it. Like I, I remember most of it uh, after that first viewing, as as amazing as it was. But interestingly enough, I was reading the uh, the IGN review of this episode, and it appears as though they didn't really like this episode, and th- they almost made it a call out of like, well, I guess if you like background episodes, or if you're, you know, you know, those in the MCU are having seen the MCU may find this episode a little slow. And I'm like, what? Like, no way. I think I think if you are a fan of the MCU and you've followed everything, you're the kind of person who watched Age of Ultron before, you know, before WandaVision came out, that sort of thing. This is the the best episode. Like, it is such an enhancing episode for Wanda. And truly, I mean, this whole show is about her, right? And this show turns her into what we've always wanted her to be. And, and this episode is the episode where that happens, especially for those of you who felt like it hadn't happened yet. <laughs> for a lot of us, that, that happened in the very first episode of WandaVision. But I would say no argument can be made that after this episode, we now know her as the Scarlet Witch. So this episode starts out in 1693, I believe, in Salem. And we get Agatha Harkness, and she's being tied up through blue magic. Uh, to a uh, sort of pole in the ground by a bunch of witches, and one of those witches ends up actually being her mom. And so they're all they're like, oh, you know, you're you're using bad magic. And she says, oh, well, you know, I'm bending the magic. And so you're you're almost getting a bit of a obviously you're getting a bit of a backstory for Agatha, but almost a bit of her backstory on her motivations, because she to me after this episode she seems like a she obviously is a villain, but 
we're getting that backstory of of her not exactly being just a black and white bad villain. And I loved these scenes. My wife loved these scenes. She was getting really upset that the witches were hurting Agatha, which I thought was really interesting. She's like, no, why are they like I get she's like, I get why they're doing this to her, but like, damn, she's a witch too, right? Like they're they should be sisters. And well, but hey, it's the sixteen hundreds, so what are you gonna do? I loved the fact that there wasn't any mention or talk of of the of her being burned as a witch or being burned at the stake even though she was tied up to what looked like a stake for any of you out there who don't know there wasn't a single person who was burned at the stake for being a quote-unquote witch uh, that is a sort of lie that has been perpetrated for a really long time that you know oh we got to burn burn the witches were burned at the stake in the salem witch trials they were burned at the stake they weren't Every con- and I hate calling it this because you can't hear see my air quotes, but every convicted witch was hanged. So none of them were actually burned. And any time that a show talks about like, oh, we got to burn the witches, like blah 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 blah, I always get upset at that. And I think I'm trying to think like American Horror Story did that in their Coven show, uh, talking about burning witches at the stake, and it's like that never actually happened. So I'm really glad that Marvel didn't lean in on that fire aspect, and it was more of them trying to take her power away through this cool if. Again, it was blue, so I don't know if these um, these powers that the witches have are tied to the Infinity Stones, but we've now seen the red from Wanda, the purple from Agatha, and the blue from all of her witch coven sisters, and those are all three of the Infinity Stones, so I don't know if there's a connection there. We haven't really gotten that portion explained, but... They're trying to pull her power away from her. They're trying to essentially punish her, I guess you could say. And all of a sudden, her purple power comes out and starts going into the witches and taking their power. And all of those witches get really old and decrepit and die. Finally, with one witch who is ends up being Agatha's mom, she's like, Mother, no. And uh, she gets this cool blue crown on her head that I don't know. I don't know if that's a hint at why Wanda has a crown or wears her crown as the Scarlet Witch. Uh, obviously, it's you know a, s- a slight nod to the comics, but she ends up taking her mom's powers as well. And that's the essentially the I guess the the beginning of the the episode, the the beginning piece of it. And then we go back to the present day. So Agatha has been around for a really long time. I'm again, I'm not a huge you know, Agatha fan of the comics. I haven't read a lot of her stuff, but uh, I don't, so I don't know if that's the exact same story of how she became Agatha in the comics, but I really like the way that they did this. Like, totally makes sense that she was around during Salem. Makes sense that she's probably using her power to suck out the power of other witches. Well, that's what she did there to maybe prolong her life, and that's why she's been around for so long or has been alive for so long. But even by the end of this episode, we don't know any more than that about her and we'll we'll get into the rest of the episode but i just want to point out that like that's the only real backstory we get about agatha we don't find out how she survived this long we don't find out what it is really that she wants yet so we're still we still have some questions that need to be answered but a lot of those minor questions do get answered in this episode so we get back to the current day agatha is in her basement with uh with wanda and wanda tries to use her powers and they don't work and she's like oh you don't know like it's a basic protective spell that's what all these runes are up on the top so we now get the rune answer that okay those weren't anything fancy they're just protective spells that only the witch who casts that spell can cast her magic within that space so because wanda is within that space in the basement her powers are no good here 
and uh, Agatha ties her up with her witch powers, floats her up in the air, and she's trying to figure out, how are you doing this? Like, how did you create this town? So obviously, there's the whole bit about it being Agatha all along, but we are kind of getting that answer to it's Agatha and it's Wanda. Agatha, again, we don't know how she got in this place into Westview. We don't know you know, was she here to begin with? Did she show up later? My money at this point is on her being a very proficient witch, sensing that uh, Wanda did this, that she puts up this barrier. She, you know, kind of transforms Westview and Agatha's like, oh, no way. Like she's the Scarlet Witch. I'm going to have to go find her. Like I need to go find her and manipulate her. Again, we don't know why, but so she's explaining sort of that to her, but and she's like, I need to know why. And, and Wanda says, I don't know. Like, I don't know why. Where are my kids? And she's like, Wanda, Wanda, Wanda. Like, I, I tried to be nice to you, so now we're going to have to go this other route, which is essentially to experience her traumas again to figure out how she did what she did. So she plucks a hair off her head and uses it to open a portal, essentially, through a door. I just got to tell you guys, every trick that Agatha did in this scene was so cool. I This episode, more than a lot of the other episodes, had me constantly going, wow, they really put their budget into this episode. Like, the, the CGI was great. The, the production quality was gorgeous. She, she does that. She opens this portal. But at the same time, she also does this thing with one of the cicadas in the basement. She shows her how she can transform it into or transfigure it into a different creature. She turns it into a bird. And then turns it back into a cicada as she throws it at Senior Scratchy who eats the cicada. And it, just, it was interesting because she's she's explaining to Wanda like, oh, you don't know how to do this? Oh, you don't know how to do this, this simple spell? But all the spells that she's showing her are all things Wanda has done. So she's she's transformed objects before. She's created protective barriers before. She I don't know if we've seen exactly her doing what she did with her with Wanda's hair, but we get to a point as well where she sh- talks about like, oh, you know, you you manipulated probability. And we're going to get to that in a second. So she opens the door and Wanda and her walk through and we're in Sokovia. We're in her parents, her family's apartment and her dad comes in. Her parents, it's her, first off, her parents are not the people in the commercial, which I never thought that I, if I did in one of the other episodes, maybe then I, all right, I'm wrong, but I never truly really thought that just because I don't know. It just seemed weird that her parents would be in the commercials. To me, I was always just like, they're just two people who probably really wanted to be in Marvel shows. And they're like, I'll take anything. Like, I'll just be in the commercial. That's fine. Do that. But we see her parents, uh, very sweet people. The whole, they really create craft this very loving family. And they all are speaking in Sokovian. And now we learn, which again is something that most of us already knew. But for those of you that didn't, yes, they are Sokovian. Yes, they speak a different language and have a different accent. But they are working to try and get and, and learn English. They're trying to become, uh, and I guess eventually trying to become American in that, you know, when Wanda's over, developing her accent, which as we've talked about in other episodes, it's a totally normal thing for people to do. It, it's unfortunate that people feel the need to change who they are, change how they act in order to blend in. But at the same time, that's kind of how society works. Like she wants to, they want to blend in. They want to learn English. And so how do they do that? Through watching sitcoms. And uh, that part was so cool. I, I loved that in the sweetest way. Like 
just the family sitting down to watch sitcoms. He oh, the dad opens his little suitcase and he's got he's got a Bewitched DVD set that I've seen before. Uh, he's got the Malcolm in the Middle DVD set that's sitting right on my shelf. And we get to watch a little bit of the Dick Van Dyke show and get to see that they kept their Dick Van Dyke collection in a safe, which is wild. They, they really loved that, that DVD set. But they sat there and watched, and it was a happy family moment. And then all of a sudden, the bombs go off, and a missile falls into the room and blows everything up. Her parents are dead, and the show is still playing, and she's kind of sitting. Her and her brother are hiding under the bed. And it almost looks like, and I guess at this point, another Stark missile comes into the into the apartment. And that's where, now we're getting that backstory. The sort of thing that we heard in Avengers Age of Ultron about the, the, the missile didn't go off. We are now actually getting to see it. And uh, it doesn't go off. But the question is, and, and Agatha brings this up at the end of this scene, like, did you do that? Did you manipulate probability so that it wouldn't go off? Like, how long were you there? And she's like, two days. And it's like, ooh, so kind of back to that theory we had of all of the, um, all of the, like her and Pietro, all, like they were born with those powers. It wasn't something that the Mind Stone just gave them. If anything, it essentially enhanced them. And, and we get the proof of that as well. So the next scene, they go into it and the next scene is in Hydra. And they walk through this cool Hydra door. It's totally creepy. Uh, she walks in and, and they're watching her walk into the, the experimentation room. And in the room is the scepter that holds the Mind Stone. And they're like, oh, yep, come in, like, state your name, you're a volunteer, blah, 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 blah. And she walks up, the Mind Stone comes out of the scepter. And then she, like, puts her hand out, and it opens up and turns its yellow color. And then we get to see a, a vision, pun intended, of the Scarlet Witch. And I don't know if there's anything more to that. I personally don't think so. I think that's just a sort of vision so to speak, right, of her as the Scarlet Witch coming from the Mind Stone. So in a way, if you think about it, and maybe this is what they're crafting it as, but in order to be a witch, at some point you have to have a proficient mind, and you have to know your spells. You have to, clearly, that's how Agatha is. you got to learn her your spells, all this stuff. So she's got this very, very rudimentary knowledge of magic at this point. Like, she doesn't know what she has. And so the minute that Mind Stone hits her and we get to see that that cool vision, uh, you know, that's that's it. She falls to the ground. And I think that's more of an activation piece. Like, I think that's how the Mind Stone activated it. Or they sent, it sensed that she was a sort of cosmic being in that regard of this. And, and this is way off from the comics and i i love it everything that they have done in this show for the scarlet witch is infinitely better than what they do for her in the comics and i love that she has always just been the punching bag of everybody else and so it's really nice to see that not only is she a powerful person in this show uh and a powerful character but the fact that it seems like her power is an ancient power and something that perhaps was before her. Maybe there were other Scarlet Witches in the past. I don't know. That'll be that'll be something to to see as it goes forward. But uh, interestingly enough, the the Hydra people are they don't see what Wanda was seeing. So they're reviewing the footage like what happened and it just shows her go from standing up to being on the ground, almost like the cuts that we see 
in the previous episodes when Wanda doesn't like what's going on and it does that very abrupt cut. It felt a lot like that. So is that the power of the Scarlet Witch, that she's able to manipulate reality at such a level that she can block out that sort of thing from a video feed? I have no idea. So from there, they go into another room, and that room is uh, her room in the Avengers Compound. And we get to watch her watch Malcolm in the Middle, which is awesome. Guys, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but like I grew up on Malcolm in the Middle. My whole family loved that show. We watched it all the time. I know of the episode that they're watching. Like That's such a great episode when the, the trellis falls on top of Hal. And um, yeah, so that, that part was really great. The fact that Vision comes in and watches Malcolm in the Middle. Like We have in canon now that Vision and Wanda were watching Malcolm in the Middle in Avengers Compound. That, to me, needs to be the uh the banner and slogan for mcu is we've got malcolm in the middle in our show but they start having this conversation she's talking about how she misses her brother and he talks about you know you if you 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 can talk about it and maybe that'll make you feel better and she's like why i'm not gonna talk about it it's not gonna make me feel better like the only thing that'll make me feel better is if he is back and vision says one of the best lines, and and it's funny because it it immediately brought me back, and it's this is a line that I've I've found uh, that I say almost on a daily basis, and it's typically because I've been working really hard to stay in the present moment. I've been doing a lot of exercises and and just focusing on the now. And Vision has that line in Age of Ultron when he says, a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. And I say that line all the time, but it's such a powerful line. Well, Vision topped his, his my favorite line of his in this episode. And now this, I would argue this is one of the best, uh, one of the best lines in the MCU in its entirety. And that is, he tells, he says, oh, you know, I don't know much about this. And it's the classic uh, Naruto Sasuke uh, conversation of, you've got one person who had a family and lost it but then you have another person who never had a family to begin with whose grief is like how how can those people relate to each other because the grief is the same you grew up alone but one person actually saw the fact that they had a family before it was taken away from them where the other person never got to experience that in the first place it's a really interesting uh, dynamic but he he's explaining this to her and he says Grief is love persevering. That is what grief is. And I've got chills saying it. My wife and I had chills while we were watching it. She was like, this is, she loved, I think this might have been her favorite episode because she was just like, she was really resonating with Wanda and I was as well. The whole fact, you know, she just did such a good job of showing this depression and this, uh, this grief. And for Vision to say grief is love persevering is... It's, it is just so powerful. That is, that is the sort of thing that you hear from, you know, a therapist or a doctor or a very wise sage. And in a way, vision is a very wise sage, but it's certainly not the sort of thing that you, a, a regular person would expect from an MCU show. I don't put it past Marvel. I know they have that in them. But to hear him say that just it shook me to my core and it is such a powerful thing to say that. And so that to me is, Oh man, that, that is the, I I think is going to be the through line in this last episode is her remembering that this grief that she's facing, this truth that she needs to face 
is is just her love in its most raw form when it is truly persevering you're you're trying to hang on to those memories and trying to get through you know even another day another minute and it's it is that love persevering so i just hats off to marvel for fitting a line like that in there and uh you know beyond beyond impressed just beyond impressed and so that whole bit finishes up and agatha's like okay at this point she's each after each instance she kind of throws in a couple lines like okay we're kind of getting to see you know i think i know where this is going because remember she's trying to figure out how wanda did all of this and so she's you know going from the start right like if you have to understand how somebody is right now, you go back to their childhood, you go back to their traumas, you go back to what it is that shaped them into who they are now. And so the next bit that she goes to see is uh, her in she uh, sword, going to see sword. And this, this was when I started getting really excited. I was like, holy cow, here we go. We're about to figure out exactly what happened on that video footage because clearly someone's lying. And we get a very another very tough scene of her being like, I need the body. Like, I just want to bury him. And eventually she's let in and she talks to Hayward. And it's it's so strange, guys. Like, Hayward is, if you didn't know that he was the worst person in the world, he's actually a pretty decent guy in this episode to be like, hey, I, you know, he could have easily just been like, don't let her in. But he's like, come on in, Wanda. Like, here's what we're doing. Here's, you know, why we're doing it. And again, everything that he's saying is a is not the full truth, right? It's it's a lie. But if if I was Wanda, and you know, I wish I was, but you know, I, I would be like, okay, so at least he's being honest with me. Like at least he's showing me what's going on. But oh, man, he's like, okay, well, take a look, Wanda. Here's here's what where Vision is, and they've got him down in the basement. She can see it. And they're, they're taking him apart. And he says, like, he is the most powerful sentient weapon ever. Like, we have to take him apart. And, again, on the surface, that makes sense. That makes total sense. And he's being very transparent with her. But we also know that he is not being transparent. He is foggier than a London evening. And it, ugh, I just wanted to push him out of that window. But Wanda is like, okay, fine, enough's enough. She breaks the window, goes down there to look at Vision. And, again, the people start pointing guns at her. And Hayward says, no let her see and it's like okay dude like okay and so she's looking at him and she's just starting to tear up and she puts her hand on his head and starts trying to use her power and she says i can't feel you and that is just such a sad line because you know obviously because of infinity war but in general that is just such a sad line from someone struggling through this and to think at this exact same time uh, you know, Monica's probably still in the hospital right now trying to figure out what's going on. But you know, actually, that's really interesting because w Monica went into Hayward's office. Was Vision there? Could she see Vision from the window? Because it's the same office, right? It has to be. But here's the biggest... Honestly, I felt like this was the biggest twist of the episode. And we'll get to the, the other big twist at the very end. But Mo Wanda doesn't take Vision. She just leaves. And she's like, she basically says, like, I can't do this. And she leaves. And so she didn't take vision. So she created this new vision. So what is Hayward doing? Why does Hayward want to get in there? Maybe it's because she he wants to find out how Wanda did it and how to bring his own vision back, clearly, right? But 
at that point, I was like, wow, so she didn't actually take vision. And I guess the video footage didn't show her take vision, but we had all assumed that she did and then kind of brought him back to life, which goes more, it, it, it goes against the Mind Stone theory that we had talked about on, um, one of the prior episodes, I think IGN had put that one out, whatever it was, it was like, okay, Pietro and Vision are essentially constructs that Wanda has created around a fake body, so essentially like uh, having a a robot and then putting a, a fresh face on that robot, and we clearly see now that's not what the case is, though Agatha does explain something about Pietro calling him Fietro, that he's the fake Pietro, but I, I don't remember her going into any detail about how she did it, just that, yeah, you know, because she says I couldn't, I couldn't bring back the Pietro that died in Sokovia because he's buried in a completely different country and he has holes in his body. Is what she says. So who is this Pietro? Did she pull him from the multiverse and it's the Fox Pietro, or is that just a, a cool Easter egg we're gonna get? I don't know. We're gonna find out. But she leaves. She leaves in what I will point out as a Scarlet Buick, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. She's got a letter sitting on her her other seat. And I don't, you know, we don't really know what it is at this point, but now we see her leaving and we get a wide shot of sword, a wide shot we see. And that's, that's going to be something that I'll be looking at in, in future rewatches and probably pausing on. But if I'm remembering, we see a big sort of facility. We see some rocket ships, it looked like. And honestly, I, guys, I saw some Everglades. So I, and I was like, oh, is that Florida? And I, I think that it's in Florida. But so does that mean she drove from Florida? Does that mean, first off, that she drove from New York all the way to Florida and then back up to New Jersey? Or is this actually in New Jersey? Which I feel like someone said there are some Everglades in New Jersey. New Jersey, but I don't know. And so I'm going to hold out on that. I just loved that whole idea, even if it's not Florida. Just the fact that they their base is literally on the edge of what looks to be the ocean and that they're, you know, it looks like they're secluded, they're away from everything. Just the perfect sword base in my opinion. And so next up we see her driving into Westview and we get a honestly really haunting look at Westview before she takes over. We get to see characters like um we see Herb we see, I don't remember his name, it's not Norm, but it's the its the guy who's got the giant mustache who says, oh, thank God, in the other episode. We get to see him putting up a piano lessons poster, and then we see Mrs. Hart eating, uh, eating at a, and you know, everyone's kind of looking at her, they're not thinking twice. We see the delivery guy as well, he's delivering pizzas, and she drives into Westview, and lo and behold, we figure out what the point of Westview is. She pulls up to a lot, which is her house in the show, and all that's there is some cinder blocks around the foundation and, and some it looks like some construction tools, but that's it. No real house. No home. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not Agatha. But she opens the letter, and it is a deed to the house that Vision got for them, and then there's a little note with a little heart that says... Uh, something like I hope we can live here forever V and then below I, I did catch on the bottom portion it said in the guarantee for Wanda Maximoff and the vision and I just if if uh, if my the person like if my if my wife and I if this if the, you know I would be in the exact same place that Wanda is at when this happens like to have someone you love so much die right and not only die but die twice and now you 
there was such a promise of things to come there that that whole sadness about the loss of potential of what could have been and she just falls to her knees in the middle of this house the middle of this kind of a dirt dirt house at this point and her power just expands and grows and suddenly her house is transformed into the house we see and westview is transformed into the westview we see and suddenly we see as she's doing what i i would say is probably the most impressive limbo i've ever seen she's at she's at uh conjuring levels at this point of her bending backwards as power is just spewing out of her stomach uh and interestingly enough not just red power but we're now getting that yellow power as she creates vision and so she now we have confirmed that she created vision from scratch i still don't know if this is a sort of you know he leaves the hex and he's gone right but what about the kids we're still we still got to figure that out but she creates him and then we get the beginning of the episode where uh, you know, he's there, she's there, they sit on the couch, they kiss, and all of a sudden we hear Agatha clapping from in the live studio audience and behind the scene that is uh, empty. And she's essentially like, okay, the, you know, this, I, I've got it. Like, I, this sort of, ma- this makes way more sense now. And essentially what I'm getting at is that, you know, you're a very inexperienced witch, but you're a very powerful witch. And so the next scene is her. She's back out. She hears her kids screaming, and she runs out. And she's she's runs out of this place, and she's back in Westview. She's not in Agatha's basement anymore, and she's in the middle of the street. And she, her kids are wrapped around rope made from Agatha's magic. And Agatha is in her full witch garb, and she looks incredible. She is outstanding, and she's got them. You know, she's floating in the air while they're they're in their little chokeholds. And she's like, it's okay, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And she explains to her, like, Wanda, you can manipulate chaos magic, which is something from the comics, and explains to her that, you you know, she is the Scarlet Witch. And the way that she explains it, and we only get a little bit of an explanation, but the way that I took it from this is she is the Scarlet Witch. Like, okay, most people are witches, but there is one, there is one, uh, the, the kind of like, and to tie it back to Naruto, sort of the, the Jin Cherokee, the one person who's carrying this spirit inside them, uh, like the Nine Tails Fox sort of thing, where there's the one person in the village who every, every generation there is one. And I don't know if that's the case for this. Again, I don't know what their plan is, but essentially Wanda is the Scarlet Witch. She is the most powerful witch. And so at this point, um, the episode ends basically. And we get, we're left with these questions of, okay, so Agatha did all of this, but we still don't know why. Is she trying to take Wanda's power? I feel like if she was doing that, she would have done it already, especially in her basement when her power was, uh, you know, at, at its weakest. But now she's out in the open and she can use her power. So is she then trying to pull out Wanda's power the same way she did with the witches at the beginning and taking, becoming the Scarlet Witch herself? very interesting concept as well what's going to happen with the kids is she did she want those kids and was it was that specifically to manipulate wanda or does she have a sinister purpose for the kids we don't know that's another question but the biggest the biggest question in this episode is where the hell was monica rambo i gotta tell you guys 
After that last episode, I cannot get enough of Monica Rambeau and Tiana Paris. I need them. I need her in every single episode. I I need her in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I need her in every Marvel property going forward. Please and thank you. Uh, But yeah, she wasn't in this episode at all. And I had this whole idea in my head that this next episode would take place the minute she walked into the basement in the post credit scene. So how did that, how does that work? Pietro meets her. I am not of the theory that Pietro was manipulating her at the end. We see her have purple eyes before she looks into the base or goes into the basement. I think her eyes are purple because she's, whoa, wait a minute. Her eyes, because her eyes were blue. Monica's eyes are blue. Like, they have that blue crackling through it. Is that the same blue that the witches have at the beginning of this episode? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But her eyes were purple because she was looking at the purple power. Anyway, at the end of that credit scene, it appears they're going to go into the into the basement to investigate. I assumed at the beginning of this episode would be her going into the basement. But we don't see her at all. And now they're back out in Westview. So is Monica going to go into the basement and find no one there because they went through their whole doors and then, you know, showed up back outside? I don't know. Maybe they don't go into the basement at all. Maybe they'd end up seeing Wanda out on the street or seeing her run out of the house to go to her kids. I don't know. I really don't know. But at this point, uh, we get the credits. And boy, is that a tough pill to swallow. I should just give a you know a ten minute moment of silence for those credits, uh, but we do get a mid credit scene, and the mid credit scene is that Hayward has created the White Vision, which uh, I am not super familiar with, but because of WandaVision, I have seen a uh, a few here's and there's about it. That basically the White Vision is after Vision's body was disassembled, and then it was reassembled by Hank Pym, I believe. Uh, it became all white. It, it was devoid of any memory of vision. So that vision is essentially an empty vessel. No feelings, no memories, no thoughts. Uh, so that's going to be a really rude awakening when that vision goes up against the other vision or goes up against Wanda because it's like fighting, it's kind of like, and I've seen some people talking about this, you know, when Wolverine's fighting Wolverine, or when any instance when the clone is fighting the other clone sort of thing, so we'll see how that plays out, but it makes sense that that was Hayward's plan the entire time, right, was to craft his own vision, his own sentient weapon, and I'm really interested to see how that plays out, and we're, I mean, honestly, we are sadly nah, not sadly i won't say sadly but we're probably five minutes from the end of the prior episode and typically i complain about that that like oh we took a whole episode to step the, the whole this episode is the perfect example of taking backwards steps instead of taking forward steps but to anybody who says that that is a bad thing or that that is a problem i will quote agatha who says in order excuse me in order to go forward you have to go back and I think this was a very important piece to this episode in filling in the gaps for a lot of people about Agatha, kind of about her motivations, but most of all, Wanda and her trauma. And I think after this episode, and honestly, after the finale, I will be I will be scarlet red if she and uh, a lot of the crew, the writer of this episode, if they aren't nominated for Emmys, because this is some of the best performance. This is some of the best performing I've ever seen. 
uh, and certainly in the whole MCU, that's for sure. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen, again, to take a character that no one really cared about in Age of Ultron, and not me, but I'm saying there wasn't a lot of buzz around Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver. I mean, they killed Quicksilver off. There was a lot of negative buzz around that whole movie in general. To now come full circle in the same way that Endgame made Thor The Dark World cool, WandaVision is making Age of Ultron cool. And, uh, I mean, it was cool to begin with, but it's just so cool to take that dive with her into her trauma, to learn about her grief, to learn about her backstory, about her family, about the things that motivate her and excite her, and above all, the fact that grief is love persevering. And with that, I'm going to wrap this episode up. So like I said, we've got one left. Next week is the finale. Uh, I'm going to be doing the math on the the length of all of these episodes to see exactly how long this final episode is, but I'm praying it's longer than this one. This episode was the longest of them all, but probably about halfway through, I was like, oh no, it's going to be, it's just going to be all backstory and the episode's going to end. And that is what happened. And you know what? We deserved it because... Oh, this episode knocked it out of the park. So, so hats off to all of Marvel, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see how quickly I can find the uh, this uh, quote of who the writer is on this episode because I really wanted to shout out this writer as well, Laura Donny. So, thank you, Laura. Thank you, Marvel. Thanks to uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany. I mean, everyone killed it, and certainly Catherine Hahn as well. And that's another great point too. And I guess I should have mentioned this earlier, but. We got a strong female lead. We got a strong female villain. And we've got Monica waiting in the weeds. I love all of the strong females in the show. I think that is so cool. And hopefully something that people don't even notice. That at this point in time, we can have a superhero show that is dominated by women. And happens to be some of the most powerful women in the world. Powerful than almost all of the men in this show. All the men in the MCU at this point. But just a just a cool bit and what i would say is just the the thing that we needed i mean you you can't just keep telling stories about guys with white guys with powers basically right like that that was phase one of the mcu and now we're really diving into these strong female characters i i just it's a great time to be a marvel fan (laughs) so with that said this is comics and cinema i'm your host alex klein thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week in westview (laughs) 